Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Everybody. Seems like we've been talking about 2020 for so long. You know, it's like 2020, and last year we were so excited to get past 2020, and then, you know, and then you're like, hold on a minute, it's 22 now. I mean, the time is flying. Um, it, it is absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm not sure if you're a um, New Year's resolution person or not, right? I mean, some of y'all, some of you guys love it. I, I've become, cl- I, listen, I have become so disillusioned on the, on the, uh, and not for the reasons you would think, but I, I have been a convert to the word of the year. Okay, that's what I've been converted to, all right? Because the thing is, is I used to type out all of my, and, and understand something, okay? I'm not saying that that's bad to have New Year's, New, Year, New Year's resolutions, okay? So don't feel like, oh man, Keith is telling me I can't have these. No, if it works, if it fits for you. That's awesome. Uh, but I would have like this whole list of everything and it was fantastic. And, you know, I just kind of like peeled off over time and was like, golly, what happened to those things by February, March, sometimes like January 14th, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just kind of like that happens. And um, so for the past three or four years, I've been choosing a word and I've taken that word. And there's actually, just so you guys don't think I'm taking credit for this idea, this is like a, there's a, like a, uh, best-selling book about this, okay, is your one word, and it's, um, so there's this whole thing, I'm not the architect of it, but I love it, and you just, I can take one word and go, I'm going to dive into this the entire year, I'm going to apply this word to every single situation and scenario, and and it's funny because it takes a little bit longer to find that word each year, you know, and um, this year my word is unhurried, all right, that, that's my word this year, and I, I wrestle with that because I'm like, can you, is it good to have like just a negative word like, you know, not stupid, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think like, you know, but then I was like, but that's really, um, that's really what um, is speaking to me. This is um, something that I'm looking forward to. I can definitely be somebody that everything is, I'm hurried all the time, whether it's outwardly, um, most of the time it's right in my head right, of just this hurry of thinking of 10,000 different things at one time and trying to just kind of dig into that. So, um, so I don't know, and maybe you just might be the type of person you're just like, hey, man, New Year, whatever, we're moving on, amen to that too. That's fantastic. Um, you can turn over in your Bibles, uh, if you haven't yet already, to Ephesians chapter 4, and um, that's going to be our text for today, but before we do that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thanks for... Um, Wow, we're here in another year. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that uh, you lavish on us, not just every day. Um, you're doing it now to everyone on this planet, Father. You are, we are living in your grace. We are living um, within uh, your, um, your say-so. God, you uh, give us air to breathe. You give us bodies that can process that air. You, you give us good things when we don't deserve it. We acknowledge that you are king, Father, and we aren't. Uh, Father, I pray as we approach your Bible, 
today, please um, help us to approach it in humility. Help me to approach it as I, I want to teach correctly and in a way that's pleasing to you, Father. Help our ears to be open um, in, in a way that we can be sensitive to what you're teaching us. And um, God, we're just grateful for our brothers and sisters in the first century that uh, we get to read about in the New Testament. And we're grateful for them and their, um, their example, Father. And, and also, uh, man, it kind of freaked me out if we were all plastered in a book like this, God. So um, thank you uh, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. Uh, we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Um, so this year, here's one of the things of just a little bit of an exercise that I would like all of us to be practicing. This doesn't happen in a day. I'm practicing it, um, and it's not something we'll get and be perfect at it. We're going to have to stay with it. Uh, but one of the things that I think ends up happening with most people um, is that we end up like viewing Christianity and discipleship in a very kind of two-dimensional level. All right. And what I mean by that is we, we kind of just we're very isolated, like it, it's almost like a photo album. We can look at it and go, OK, well, today, here's the picture of me today. And if the picture wasn't that great, I hope tomorrow the picture's better. And, and sometimes we even say things like, man, if you listen tomorrow morning when you wake up, you can wake up brand new. All right, almost like there's a stopping point to where you're, you're kind of like you had a bad day. You're not so right with God for a while, but when you wake up, you're all right because that's like a new segment of your time, right? And so it's very easy to kind of get plugged into that. And what I'd like for us to do is kind of have more of a three or a four dimensional view. What do I mean by that? I mean like, listen, when the ball dropped on December 31st, okay, is I know, and, and again, just kind of follow me. I'm not saying if your way of thinking is different than mine, but what I'm saying can happen is we can go, okay, now that's different. Now it's completely brand new. And going, but actually everything that happened flowed right on in to 2022, right? There wasn't a stoppage of our character. There wasn't a stoppage of our integrity. There wasn't a stop. It wasn't like, okay, now you do this. It's this idea of you didn't get a better relationship with Jesus because it's a new year, and you didn't get a worse one because it's a new year, all right? It's this idea of there's this flow of things happening, kind of this fluidity that goes through even when we're asleep at night. God doesn't stop when we're asleep, right? I mean, again, it, we, we can kind of think of things as they're spiritual and there's worldly and earthly things, right? But even sleep is spiritual, right? That's a grace of God, okay? That's a grace that he gives us to rest, but also a boundary. And, you know, and so, again, I think it's just very easy to get into just a very two-dimensional view, and we lose an aspect of time. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. What do I mean by that? Some of you guys have been very, like, profoundly impacted by the show The Chosen, right? And one of the things that's almost been, like, uh, across the board is people are like, wow, I can't believe that there was this time in between. Like, it's filling in all of these gaps between these stories, okay? Because what ends up happening with Christianity, we go, oh, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and we've lost the aspect of time, Okay, that's a dimension. That's something that we have to kind of use our muscles, like our, our mental muscles to understand that, okay, hey, there's time that goes along with our lives as disciples, with our family's lives as disciples, with everybody. See, because here's the interesting thing. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, right? The, the day you were born, you began a very 
fascinating journey, okay? That, that happened to everybody, right? We took our first breath, and it's, we're on a journey. And here's what I like about that, because there's a difference, and I'm just kind of sharing in my mind as we go through, we're going to work through this theme a little bit. Um, when, when it's just kind of a photo album, when it's, when it's just a photo album, it just seems like, man, there's, there's good and there's bad and there's ugly and there's things I don't want to look at and all these things, and, and I can keep kind of dwelling on the past. When, when it's kind of this three-dimensional or four-dimensional journey, you know, it's that idea of like, okay, hey, there's movement forward, all right? It may not go perfect today, right? It may not go perfect tomorrow, but when you're on a journey, there doesn't have to be this, okay, ultimate stopping point here right? It's like we keep moving through it, okay? Our journeys are split up, though, okay? And that's what, this is kind of a neat thing. Our journeys are split up into hours or minutes and hours and days and months and decades. That's how our journey is broken up, that we can kind of have some milestone. It's, it's full of experiences, and this is from the youngest guys in here. You know, as, as y'all started, it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're a teenager or a preteen or whatever it is, is when your journey began, right? There began a life of, of experiences. And every one of us in here could tell that story of different experiences that we've had. And some of them have been amazing. Some of them have been absolutely just painful and agonizing. Some have been really like mountaintop experiences, and some have been very like in the valley, right? There's all of these things that began, and we didn't even realize it when we were little, okay? It's, uh, it, you know, our journey can be very emotional, it can be overwhelming. You know what's interesting is oftentimes our journey is filled with boredom. All right? And that may be the single thing that we're like, I hate that. Whatever I can do to get rid of that, I want to. All right? But we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit as well. All right? Is, is we have this idea there's failure and defeat. There's great victory. But a lot of times there's confusion and uncertainty. Right? If we're not taking the aspect of time, like as time goes on, then what ends up happening is we end up kind of taking on a label of where we are right now. Right? Like I'm uncertain, and that's just concrete. Like I don't know what's going on around me, and it can't, it's, it's where I am right now. Right? Or I failed, and this is where I'm stuck right now. Okay, this is a picture of me. This is who I'll be. This is, there's no changing that, right? Because we lose this aspect of time of going, no, we're on this journey. And every one of us could write our story and we would see that we all have ups and downs, ins and outs, valleys, mountains, you know, experiences that just really were probably uh, disappointing to us. Some that exceeded our expectations and imaginations, right? We see how God worked even before we became Christians, it's amazing. I, it always, it always kind of bothers me, and it breaks my heart a little bit when people say, okay, now God is going to start working in your life when you become a disciple. I'm like, how sad is that? <laughs> That's so sad. And it's so arrogant on our part, right? It's that idea of now he'll begin working. Really? Okay, if everyone is an image bearer of God, right? If, if God died for us while we were still sinners, all right, then every human being on their journey is deeply and dearly loved by Jesus. Jesus has been working, right? Here's the other side of it is when you think of a journey, and I don't know what you picture when you think of a journey. Oftentimes I can think of like, okay, hey, there's this really cool path in the woods, and you're going to take this journey. Um, maybe it's some adventure you're thinking of. You know, maybe it's all those things. I, I think like as disciples, our journey probably looks more like, have you ever played the game of life? 
or Candyland, right? <laughs> or Shoots and Ladders, <laughs> okay? It's just kind of like, where is this going? It's just like all over the place and there's ladder. You know, it doesn't have to be us picking up everything and just walking away all the time. It's this journey that's kind of like, man, it's, um, uh, the journey is in my house oftentimes. The journey is at school, in a classroom, or at work, or with my brothers and sisters, and that's where the journey is, and we don't know what God is going to put in front of us each day. There's lots that goes into that. But here's another reason why I like the idea of a spiritual journey or a life that's a journey is because there's something that uh, I, I can very easily fall into this idea of life almost being a performance. And the thing about a performance, and Sean knows this, right? And he did awesome, the Nutcracker Ballet. And, and you know, you go to that and you're performing, and it's like, great, but you expect that there's going to be people watching you, all right, in a performance. If you're a football player, if you're a ballet, if you're all, whatever you're doing, you're expecting, I'm in a performance, I expect people to come, and that's how it's supposed to be, all right? But in life, that becomes really dangerous, and because it brings in insecurity, because it's this idea of I always feel like there's somebody watching me and, and wanting me to perform a certain way. And am I like, am I, am I doing well? Am I not doing well? And then there's a time you step off the stage. Okay, that's a performance. That's like, no, no, no we, don't, we don't want that, right? Performances are great in their place, but we're talking about this, this journey that's not just me and you, but it's an us journey, all right? It's this community journey. And um, here's the interesting thing about it is, is, is it requires some patience. It requires some thoughtfulness. Um, a, a journey isn't always loud. Sometimes a journey needs to be quiet. And a journey needs to be still. Okay. Now, here's the interesting thing is, is there's a number of themes in the Bible. God uses this, this picture of a journey in a lot of different ways. And what I love about it is, is you have kind of like your big journey. Okay, your journey from like into reconciling with God and becoming a disciple and then the journey that leads us on to eternal life. But then there's journeys within a journey. It's the same with our life, right? I mean, we understand this life cycle of humans, animals, nature is there's this beginning. There's this changing process and there's an end, right? Like we understand that there's these processes that goes on. Right. And so even God uses these. I want you to think, can you think of any specific journeys? You don't have to yell it out. But I want you to think, can you think of any times that, that God used the journey motif to describe something? OK, I, I would bet some of you thought of the Exodus. Right. is when God was like, I'm taking my people and I'm saving them and I'm going to send them out in the desert and they're going to be on this journey for 40 years. Okay, But there's a number of different journeys that we see within this larger journey, right? Is you have um, Adam and Eve's journey after the fall. Uh, this is really important, I think, for us to talk about because we can get kind of even a strange theology about this where we can go, man, uh, but Adam and Eve, they, they disobeyed God and everything was perfect for them. And then when they messed up, then what God did is he kicked them out. And we think he, he stopped, like, interacting with them. Right? Like, God can't have anything to do with them now. But that's not true to the story. Right? God still lavished grace on them. Right? He said there's consequences 
but I'm with you. My plan for you, your, your family line is going to like, I'm, I'm still with you in this plan here, okay? Which is, there's a nice idea of that, of going, man, that's great. That, that's great that God is like, I'm lavishing grace on you even when you failed. Even when you've done something, I've told you, do not do that. And you've done it anyway. It's nice to know. You're going, well, Keith, I don't know about that. Didn't it happen with Cain? All right, Cain killed Abel. And, and what did God do? I'm not having anything to do with you anymore? He said, no, there's consequences. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you so you can't be killed by someone else. All right? Now, again, there's that aspect of going, man, this is really, hopefully, very good news. But there's this journey that Adam and Eve went on afterwards. Right? There's, there's this journey that we read about them right there in that first section of Genesis. And this journey that they went on of having another child and losing a child. And there's journeys of Joseph and Elijah. You remember, Joseph is one of the largest like narratives in the book of Genesis of one person. It's like you have this whole story of Joseph's journey, this journey within a journey of him being sold. And, him, and we see all of these like decisions he has to make. And we see his faith. And we, but we see this journey playing out over time. We don't get to see every single day what he did. But we've got to kind of like work our muscles to go, hold on a minute. What would have that have been like, though, over those years and over those? Because if it's just a snapshot, we're going to take some really like, like really kind of, we're going to feel very insecure. We're, we're going to feel, feel really like, man, I'm a failure because look at all of these great things jo uh, Joseph did. Okay. And you count them up. He did amazing things. But over the course of years, we have a handful of things that he did over the course of years. Right? You're talking hundreds and thousands of days, and we have a handful, and we think he did them all in the same week. Except he had this time, this aspect of time, right, of his journey. Jonah, Esther, Ruth, we get to, get, we get to see an aspect of their life that was like we get to walk with them on their journey. And we get to see them making decisions, but again, we've got to kind of like understand, hey, time took place. All right? And when there's time that happens, you want to know what's required? More grace for us. That, that's what's required. We, we, have to, we have to really surrender more, but we need more grace. Because here, here's the deal is all of us in here, if we were to take our, like, let's say top five spiritual moments, if you've been a disciple like 10, 15, 20 years, and you took your top five spiritual moments and you wrote them all down in like one story, we would be like, that person is absolutely the most holy person I've ever seen in my entire life. Going, oh, but those, those five things was over 30 years. Like there was a whole lot of other things going on in between that time, okay? And so why I'm saying that is because, again, it's easy for us to pick out these Polaroid pictures and go, man, here's where I was great, here's where I was bad, here's where it was really neat, here's where it was really low, instead of going, hold on a minute, we're living in this life that's, that's really boundary by time, okay? Like we're stuck in time. Like we're moving forward, but there's movement, and oftentimes there's not a whole lot going on. But that doesn't mean that the journey has stopped, okay? It's very easy as a Christian to feel like the only things that count are these huge things, right? All that counts as a Christian is, is who did you bring to church and who did you baptize, Right? 
And, and then it's, it's weird because we went through like this. We went through this thing in churches um, where it was kind of this idea of that was the only thing that kind of counted. Okay? There wasn't anything you did that could be faithful. It was like, no, how fruitful were you being? Right? And, and then there was all this weirdness like, oh, man. I, you know, I, I remember thinking in my head, like, if I don't help somebody become a disciple like every single week, I'm struggling. And some of you have thought that before. And you felt that before, right? Because it's one of those things where we go, oh, this is all that matters. Instead of going, hold on a minute. In, in a 24-hour day, seven-day week, 365-day year, there's a lot that goes on in our life and in our journey. There is a lot that goes on, okay? We could plot this last year, and there was a ton of things that went on. Even when we weren't doing anything, there was a lot going on. And I think we need to like lean in and respect that, okay? I think we need to get in there and go, hold on a minute. Okay, let me change the way I view my spiritual life from this static, here I am right now, to this idea of, hey, let's go on this journey, right? Let's keep moving forward. And you want to know what? We'll still experience the same things. We're going to mess up. We're going to have ups and downs, mountains and valleys. We're going to have all of those things. But we're going to be on this journey, okay? And what I love about this is in... So here's one of the things that the Hebrew writer said, Hebrews 12, verse 1. He said, let's run the race with perseverance, run with endurance the race marked out for you. Okay, now here's, let me just share this. This isn't an individualistic passage, okay? And, and again, thank you for your grace to me on this because I'll tell you how I've preached it before, all right? Every one of us, you have a race you're running, and it's kind of filled with all these different things. And you have to kind of like navigate it. And the principle's fine, except the text isn't saying that, right? He's saying that we all have a race to run. And that race is this journey as disciples through life into eternal life. Okay? It's, it's a community thing. It's run this race. Now, now, some of us are going, oh, man, you just said run. And I'm going, I'm already tired. <laughs> Like you just said that now Christianity, you know, before it was kind of like, hey, we're just kind of cruising along. Now we have to run. Okay. Because God would only be happy with us if we are completely and utterly like spent. Right. Have you ever ran for a long time to where you couldn't run anymore? Have you ever ran a long time where you couldn't walk anymore? Okay. I don't think that's what God's plan for us is, is to be like, oh, there's the church. They're all like just dragging along because they've been running spiritually through everything. Okay. But it is this idea of, hey, there is this journey that we're on. Okay. And there's different, you know, there's different metaphors and all these different things, but there is this journey. All right. I, I love it in John 14 when we say Jesus is the way. All right. And in Psalm 119. Verse 52, I think, he says that your word is a light to my path, right? So we're equipped. You go, well, what's the way we're going? Where's well, Jesus? What, what, what does that mean? Well, we simply have to ask ourselves, is, am I on the way that's going towards Jesus? Are we loving people and are we like embracing who Jesus is or not? Okay, so you do have this idea but we're on this spiritual journey. Okay, now here's the difference between just life, okay? Like every human being has this journey, birth to death, right? As disciples, it's that idea of, hold on a minute, it can go into eternal life. 
And so the first thing that I really would ask you is to think, do you think about that? Like not just making it until I die, but that we're being prepared for eternal life. Like this journey will never, ever end. Except that when our, our outer bodies are gone and we're transformed into the likeness of Jesus, it's like everything is perfect and complete. All right. That's a beautiful thing right there. It's interesting because Matthew 4, 19, right? We, this is one of the definitions we've used of what is a disciple or who is a disciple. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus tells the people, follow me. That, that has an aspect of time. That has an aspect of space. That has an aspect of like, oh, we're going places with you. Like, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'll make you. Okay, so there's this idea of, hey, along the way, we're starting one way and he's maturing and transforming and changing us like that should be the expectation. Right. I mean, if there was anything else, humans, animals or nature that we were to go, hey, this isn't changing anymore. We would think there's something wrong. They've stopped growing. They've stopped all right, we would go, man, there's something wrong because the expectation is, is there continues to be this transformation, whether you're an acorn into an oak tree or you're a tiny little baby into an adult or something like that, right? And so you have this, this idea of transformation. And um, one of the, and, and this isn't, we're going to kind of pull this out a little bit over time, all right? The expectation is that there will be maturity, that there will be spiritual maturity on this journey. It's not just like, here I am, and this is how I'll always be, and I'm always going to make the same decisions the entire journey, and that's just how it's going to be. But here's the hesitancy I have about this, right? Because spiritual maturity, it, it, it brings with it, like it can be a trigger word spiritually. All right? And, and let me just share with you how I've approached spiritual maturity for myself as well as just, you know, putting my church leader hat on, is generally, if I was going to talk about spiritual maturity, right, can anybody guess the passage I would begin in? And just so you know, it wasn't Ephesians 4, right? Can anybody guess the passage that I may begin in? Can you think of one? No. Where is that? <laughs> Hebrews 5, right? Right at the end of Hebrews 5 and into Hebrews 6 is this idea of, hey, y'all should be teachers. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> y'all should be teachers. But, but you need milk still. You don't need solid food. You don't even know the elementary truths, okay? And, boy, that's a really tough way to begin talking about becoming mature. I mean, can you, think of a, can you think of a talk happening with brothers and sisters or parents and their children? You know, like, what's your problem? You know, you, you are. And oftentimes the way spiritual maturity gets framed is this. You're not spiritually mature, so become spiritually mature. Okay? It's pretty motivating. Right. Okay, sweet. And so all everything that and, and again, I'm just sharing with me. I don't know any other preachers or church leaders what they do, what they that's fine, whatever. But I know for me, that was kind of the sticking point. And in, in even in my own personal life, I was like, OK, 
Spiritual maturity is one of those things that we're like, dude, grow up, and why didn't you do it yesterday? Okay, you wake up tomorrow, and you're still not spiritually mature. What's your problem? It's been a week since we've read that passage. What's wrong with you? And then you see what I'm saying? Then a relationship with God ends up becoming like this. Oh, man, he, he pretty much thinks I'm a loser, and I, I just got to grow up, and um, I, I'm having a tough time growing up. Right? It's a, it's a tough kind of way to put it, okay? Um, but it's this idea of, so that's, anyway, I share that because that's traditionally where I've begun. Okay? It is, is Hebrew, end of Hebrews 5, into Hebrews 6. I've chosen Ephesians 4 because I think it shows us something that's a better starting place, okay? So let's go ahead and we're going to reread this section, but I want to just break this down for us. And then there's not, honestly, there's not a whole lot we're going to take away and do necessarily, but hopefully this is kind of just like that starting point that we can add on to over time. But uh, if you're not aware and you're not um, you know, familiar with the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is phenomenal, all right? I mean, it's written to the church at Ephesus. You can go back and read about the church of Ephesus. There was craziness going on, okay, when Paul was there and all these things. But the first three chapters, what's amazing about the way Paul writes is the first three chapters, he isn't telling the Christians at Ephesus to do anything. He's not saying don't do anything. He's telling them, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know you were adopted? Do you know even when you weren't feeling like you could be adoptable, he chose you? Do you know how much he loves you? And Paul begins talking about, I pray for the Ephesian disciples so they'll know the fullness of Christ. And, you know, there's just this three chapters of just Paul just pouring it on so that they know who they are in Christ. Okay, and so that's, again, why do I say that? Because this week as you're studying these things out, go back and read those first three chapters because then chapter four really pops, okay? But here in verse 11, um, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so in this, really these two verses right here, there's a lot of, of, of time that's taking place and that's required, okay? And if we, if we miss out on that, we're going to feel really kind of crushed and defeated the whole year, okay? But you look at this and he said, here's, God said, I've supplied people. I've given this. This passage isn't about leaders, okay? Understand what the main passage is about is over there in, first, uh, in verse 15 is that we'll all grow up in him who is the head, okay? That's the point of this. But he said, hey, I've given people and extended grace to people that can help and they'll serve my church in a certain way. But here's the reason why, okay, is he says what they're going to do is prepare for works of service or works of ministry. And, and I want us to stop right there for a second, okay? Because one of the things that's kind of snuck into Christianity is the idea of a service project, right? Or doing some kind of like random service thing. Or, you know, and again, those are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. I think we can, though, very easily even look at service projects as, oh, I served here. I gave out food. I served at the soup kitchen. I went over here. And there's these isolated things when he's saying, no, we're being prepared 
to do works of ministry, okay? That means we're serving people to help them know Jesus. And that takes on a lot of forms. That takes on getting our hands dirty and washing feet and feeding and all of those things, right? But he's saying that this happens, okay, can you snap your fingers and get that right off the bat? Okay, can you look at that and go, oh, okay, we're being prepared for works of ministry so the body of Christ can be built up. Okay, boom, we're going to do it. This takes time. And, and, and here's the deal. If we don't buy into that, we are going to be constantly frustrated as disciples. This takes time. God knows this takes time, all right? He understands that. God invented time. God knew that, hey, I didn't, I did not create people that we just snap our fingers and we're different. In fact, I, God created people to grow through process. Okay, and that's very important, okay, because, again, if not, we're going, hold on, just tell me one thing that's going to change me overnight. But, but we won't change overnight. And if we think, listen, I'm not saying you can't come to repentance, but when we're talking about growing and changing, and he's saying, hey, here's the deal is my church, I, I want them to be built up, and, and, and uh, can build up until we reach the unity, until we all reach the unity. All right? Again, there's a time aspect of there's a whole lot of us sitting in here and going, you think we're all going to get to the same spot at the same time together? Probably not. All right? But again, there's time. Sometimes you're the fastest, sometimes you're not. Sometimes I feel like I'm you know, kicking on all cylinders, and sometimes I feel like I'm just like putting along, like a little moped, okay? And it's that idea of there's not this, it's we're coming together, but there's time aspect we have to honor until we reach this, until we reach the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become a mature, and that word means complete, all right? So however old you are as a disciple, would you say, I'm complete? I'm the completed package. All right? On this side of Jesus coming back, we won't be able to, to, to take that. But it doesn't mean that we can't be moving on to maturity and growing in a healthy way. And he says, so this is going to take time, right? It's going to take time. And it's going to take time. We have to understand that for us. But here's what's really important is we have to understand that for our brothers and sisters. Okay, because oftentimes we can do this, right, is we can go, man, I just need time. Get off my back. I'm trying to grow. And then, have you ever done this before? And you can want all this from people. And then you turn around going, how come Lucas ain't growing? <laughs> What's wrong with Lucas? You know, going, hold on a minute. Doesn't he need time too? <laughs> that would be important because I want it. But it's, it's important to go, my brothers and sisters need that too. And again, don't hear what I'm not saying, right? I'm not saying that we just like have this total like, hey, it doesn't matter. Sin doesn't matter. Live however you want. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a journey specifically following Jesus in his will and in his kingdom, right? And so you have this, and he said, then we'll no longer be infants. So there's a point, he said, you'll reach this point where you won't be infants any longer. And what are infants like seen as? They're tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, right? He says, that's what, a, that's what an infant looks like spiritually, right? Instead of going, man, you want to know what? You better get out of that. We've all been there. 
We might still be in there. We're just blown back and forth going, oh, man, I'm a disciple of Bema. I'm a disciple of Bible Project. I'm a disciple. No, but old boy said this over here. He's, and you're just blown all over the place. Right? And going, I think we all know what that feels like. I think we've experienced it before. All right? And so, again, it's this idea of he's, this is going to be what happens in your community. Don't lose your mind over it, but this is why we help each other. And he says, instead of these things, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love, and we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. We will grow up into him. Again, that takes time. All right? Sometimes I, I here, do you guys remember Chia Pet? Christmas, I remember those at Christmas. That was like what you'd get in your stocking or something. If you're, that was worse than coal. <laughs> it was a Chia Pet. But, but what was great about Chia Pet was, hey, you just, I don't know what was great about Chia Pet. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Except that you pour water on this thing and it grows really fast. Okay? Here's the funny thing is, the things that grow really, really fast, I tend to not want. Okay? Weeds. Cancer, chia pets, okay? I don't, there's not, none of those, okay? But it's the idea of we have this goal of maturity, all right? We speak the truth and love to one another. That means we're walking. We're on this journey and going, hey, we're walking together, but can you handle the truth when it's spoken in love? Can I accept it when it's spoken in love? Do we understand that, hey, okay, dude, it's not the end of the world if somebody has to talk to you? And I, I felt that way before where you're like, oh, man, I must be a total failure because the brother had to come and talk to me about how I'm behaving. Go, no, man, that's a brother that's helping me mature. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's not the end of the world because we're on a journey. This isn't a Polaroid picture. We get to keep moving forward. Okay? Look over to Philippians chapter 3, okay? Philippians chapter 3, this is exactly what Paul is talking about. And again, this doesn't, you know, this, this one singular lesson will not do it. All right, I'm talking about principles that we're going to have to exercise these muscles. We're going to have to, like, learn how to apply these to the Bible, okay? We're going to have to actually, uh, like, learn to slow ourselves down to see, hey, what is God teaching me on this journey? What are some things that have come up, right? Here in Philippians chapter 3, Paul goes on and he says, hey, man, uh, Paul was like, I had all of these great things. But in verse 7, he says, whatever I was profited, I consider it a loss in, rather than knowing Jesus and all these things. But in verse 12, this is what Paul says. Not that I've, I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And, and, and here's the interesting thing is, is this really requires us to look at it and go, okay, hey, this is, this is a really good thing. Here, here's what he says after that. Brothers, I don't consider myself. One thing I do, forget what's behind, strain towards what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus called me heavenward. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So there's this little aspect of maturity maybe we can kind of grasp onto and go, let's keep moving forward. That doesn't mean forgetting like, hey, I didn't do that thing. I didn't rob that bank. I didn't surf that pornographic website. I didn't do that because I'm moving ahead. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about. But we're like, don't stop, though. Like, let's keep walking. 
this is a journey, and sometimes you encounter things in your journey, you're going, I wish it wasn't there, I wish I didn't make this decision, all right? But it doesn't mean that you're done, you're a failure, you can't come back any longer, all right? That, that's not what he's talking about here. Again, again, going back to the beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve, right? It's this idea of, of they, they get booted out. Wouldn't it just been great if God was like, y'all, just go back in. Like, you learned your lesson, just go back in. He's like, you can't go backwards. You've you got to go forward now. You've got to go forward in this relationship. The way he built time as a dimension, he doesn't allow us to go backwards. As much as we love watching movies and we like Back to the Future and all those things, okay, God made it in a way that he's like, no, you can't, I won't let you go backwards. Like, you must continue moving forward. But that's what we've got to really help one another on, okay? In James chapter 1, again, even this journey motif, it gives meaning to everything. James said, hey, when you're, in tri if you're having trials, he goes, there's meaning to that, all right? Th those trials have meaning and purpose, and not just for me, but for others as well. So what do we do with this, okay? So there, there's, a, there's a couple things. Um, we're going to be this, this kind of like semester uh, through May, I think, um, we're going to be doing kind of flopping back and forth with family group or with midweek. So this Thursday, we're going to have congregational midweek here at 7 o'clock. And then that's going to be every other Thursday we'll be here. And then in between those times, we'll have family group midweek. All right. And so one of the things that is really important is for us to kind of get to a place, if we're going to talk about this journey, is to get a good assessment of where, where am I starting? All right. And, and not in a place where I can really go, okay, this is where I'm beginning. I'm, I'm an infant spiritually. I'm a child spiritually. I'm whatever. And we get this idea, okay, we're going to, we have to like get an idea. What are we talking about here? Where are we? We're going to do that on Thursday. But one of the things that I would love for us to do, and just one single thing, okay, because y'all already know, right, is this idea of, okay, hey, study your Bible and pray. You know that already, okay? But what I would love for you to do is, is to um, write out in whatever medium you want to. If you want to draw it, you want to sing it, you want to write it, you want to whatever you want to do, your journey to this point. And, and you can do just as a Christian, you can do from your day of birth, whatever, but you, to get an idea of what was my journey like over, over 8 years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever it is, is to really get this down in front of us. And again, on whatever medium you want to do that in. And, and we're going to take that on Thursday. I'm not going to ask you to get up and, and, and share that with everybody or all those things. I mean, but here's the truth of the matter is, is I think it's going to help give us an idea of, oh, man, you know, over time, there really has been this journey of kind of zigzag and, and, and man, there was a mountain, there was a valley. And you kind of start visualizing and you start going, okay, hey, man, now we can move forward. Okay. And there, there can be time in between this, right? We can really look into kind of like this journey. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.